0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grow Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome my guest, Sylvia Kim Park. Hey Sylvia, how are you? Hey Blair, how are you? I'm great. Man, we were just talking, it's been literally so many years since we've chatted. Yes. How have you been? We've always had a connection, so. Yes. (laughs) Um, Well, I feel like um, even before we started recording, that... Yeah, literally, I feel like we're picking up right where we left off. Um, Sylvia and I met years ago um, under very like random circumstances, I feel like. Um, What would you say? Church, maybe? Yeah, I think it was with church or like some sort of um, ministry. Yeah. But all in all, I feel like even then... um, We grew close in such a short amount of time, and I'm so sorry that we haven't talked in like years. Oh, it's fine. (laughs) We have Um, kindred spirits. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Well, Sylvia is here to talk about her job, um, and that is a real estate agent, right? Yes, I am. So
1: I'm a realtor, I'm a licensed real estate agent uh, working with Atlanta Fine Homes, Sotheby's International Realty, and I help and guide clients by or sell residential properties in the metro
0: Atlanta area. Amazing. So I like literally know zero things about real estate. And Mm -hmm. all I know is that buying my house was maybe one of the hardest things like we've ever done. Honestly, like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, my husband, I told you is four years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And he's also not American. So Mm -hmm. like, But he's really like take charge person and Mm -hmm. he took care of everything. But I think it was like he literally was like so lost. And like without our real estate agent, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. And so like, I mean, thankfully, you know, God provided this house for us and everything went well. But um, it was very stressful. So I can't imagine what you've been going through the last like year and a half. Yes, it's been crazy. Um,
1: So it's interesting because there's a lot of stereotypes of realtors and real estate agents. Um, I think a lot of it is glamorized by certain TV shows like selling sunset. Yes. (laughs) Some people think it's not really a profession and some people think Zillow is more accurate than real estate agents or realtors. And Honestly, with our job, we really wear many hats, Mm -hmm. but our main practice of business focuses on being a listing or selling agent or a buying agent. Mm -hmm. So just like your former agent, we either help people buy a home or we help people sell their home. So that's kind of like our main premise of business. And it really entails a lot in terms of negotiating contracts communicating, um, just really representing our clients to the best way we can so that mm. we can make this overwhelming process of home home buying a little bit smoother mm. um, and as l- less stressful as it can be because mm. it can be very, very overwhelming. So what does a typical day for you look like then? Yeah, so every day is very different, which is nice, um, but it really consists of So it depends if you are either the selling agent or a buying agent, because we represent both. Mm -hmm. If we were a selling agent, we would go to your house, we would stage, we would tell you which furnitures to just get rid of, to simplify the home, Mm -hmm. arrange photography, uh, to videography, anything to get your home ready for market. And then we do everything from the whole sales process of listing the market or listing the home live Mm -hmm. and dealing with the right buyers and showings for that home. Mm -hmm. And then once offers come in, we start the negotiation process with the other buyers. Mm -hmm. And then we pretty much do everything from start to finish of preparing your home, To the market, to closing uh, your home, and finishing the transaction from there. And then, if we were to be on the buying agent side, Mm -hmm. we represent the buyers and help them with the search of homes. We help Mm -hmm. them look for homes. We look. We help them show homes. We help them write offers. We help also schedule inspections. So we wear an array of hats. Uh, for different roles but it's fun because every day is different
2: Mm.
1: Uh, every home is different there's no home that is alike and every client is different so you don't get the same thing every single day so it's very it's you have to be you know up for the challenge and be very open-minded too
0: Right. No, I mean, I feel like you talking about everything. I'm just so impressed. And I also feel a little stressed. Because I'm I'm like, wow, like, I mean, again, like, for me, um, buying our home, you know, it wasn't like the best experience, not Mm -hmm. because of the our agents or anything. It's just, it was just a really, you know, finances, everything negotiating. Are we going to get it? Are we not going to, is our loan going to pass through, you know, things like so many things to think about that I'm sure you too, as you're rooting for your clients, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So So it's
1: tough because I think these days with a lot of third party real estate websites like Zillow, a lot of people think they can purchase a home in this market without representation, without an agent, oftentimes it really causes buyer burnout because they get overbidded. You know, There's multiple offer situations. They can't get an inside of what's going on. And so it's really, really difficult. And a buyer has a huge disadvantage not having representation by an agent
2: mm-hmm. because
1: other agents, Will with other clients with agents most of the time will be able to close on a deal of a home versus a buyer who's not represented by an agent?
0: I see. So there are people that put in offers like just through Zillow. I don't know how that works. Yes. So, (laughs) so a lot of people.
1: Use Zillow, kind of like social media these days. They do, yes. I mean, even
0: David and I, we will scroll through sometimes.
1: Yes, exactly. They're constantly scrolling through homes, and a lot of people who feel like they don't need an agent, they'll you know contact the listing agent and you know say we're interested, we'd like to submit an offer, and then oftentimes that other agent might have to write an offer on behalf of them because we're we're writing actual legal contracts, and so. It's just not an easy purchase where you can go and buy a home like a store, like an item in a store. And so there's a legal process. There are just steps, multiple steps that you have to do. You have to be pre-qualified as a buyer. Mm -hmm. You need to be pre-approved, you know, in terms of your finances. All of like there's so many different, um, I guess, things that need to come come together for a successful transaction for a home to be closed on. Right. And a lot of people don't realize
0: that. Uh, Okay. So how does one become a real estate agent? So with real estate, you don't
1: really need a college degree. You just need to take post-license courses depending on the state. And it gives you like the hours. Uh And then you do have to pass a state, and um, like a national like test, and then you become a real estate agent. So you do have to go through some courses and testing and pass uh-huh. to actually become a real estate agent. Okay. And then after that, uh, a lot of people recommend for you to work under a brokerage, which is kind of like a company that helps you a lot. You know, okay. you have ethics, you have um, certain things that a lot of things can go wrong in a real estate transaction. So working for a brokerage company gives you representation, it gives you um, just a professional background. So Mm. different brokerages, it can be anything like Keller Williams, Remax. Uh, My company is Atlanta Fine Homes Sotheby's International Realty. And Mm. so What's nice about my company was, is we're a global company. And so they give us a lot of training, a lot of marketing. And so it was really good to start my real estate career with a company like Sotheby's.
0: Um, so does it like, do you have to apply to these brokerages or? Yes, okay. you
1: do. You do have to apply for these, these brokerages. You Um, interview. It's kind of like a job position. And so um, you as an agent, if you aren't working under a brokerage, there's a huge liability on your end. And so um, the brokerages really help with just to make sure everything goes professionally, everything is legal, everything is um, not done
0: incorrectly. So it's great to be Working under a brokerage. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so the test that you have to take in order to get your licensing. Yeah. Like, um, I've had friends that have taken it, but have also explained to me that they're very challenging. Very difficult.
1: <laughs> very difficult, and so it's not it. It's challenging because it encompasses a lot. It I encompasses see. not only real estate, but it encompasses state laws. It encompasses. Oh um just practices where you can't discriminate you know based on age or woman or sex or um that kind of stuff so you have to know not only real estate you have to know some legal terms you have to know contracts you have to know multiple facets and wow. so it's not the easiest exam but it is definitely something that is possible so, I'm like, I mean, it, so. <laughs> are there classes?
0: Are there, because, like, I yes. don't think I could study
1: this. Yes, there's classes. So you okay. have to take a post-licensure class. Okay. Uh, for Georgia, I think it's 60 hours. <gasps> and they kind of pretty much go through all the the things that you kind of need to know in terms of um, real estate, uh-huh, uh-huh. the legal language, um, the laws all that kind of stuff. And so they kind of help you with that. But it's not really until you work under your brokerage that you really get a professional training and you really get your feet wet with what really it takes to be in real estate.
0: I see. Okay. So um, I don't actually normally ask this question, Sylvia, and I hope it's okay that I ask it. But how does a real estate agent make money? So, we are all commission based.
1: Okay. And so, we only get paid after a closing. So, uh, okay. up until that point, that you close a home, we don't get paid. Mm-hmm. And so, everything else, we are treated, we tr- kind of treat ourselves as like our own business owners. Mm-hmm. And so, we don't get W 2s. We most likely get 1099 independent contractors. We have to, pay for our own taxes and all of that. And so everything comes out of pocket and we only get paid when we close on the home.
0: Okay. I mean, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And then, I mean, you really want to work for your client at that point, I guess. You do. <laughs> um, but, and, and I think that's where real estate is key
1: in re- relationships. Mm. There's so many relationships or even real estate transactions that go wrong and it really jeopardizes so much real estate isn't a short-term gain it's a long long term um I guess it's like it's a long long relationship it's not like a short short thing at all and it's you know if if we can't provide that service where the buyer or the seller didn't have a great experience for us then we're losing out on competition later on And so for us, we're really about service and really establishing that trust too, because it's someone's biggest investment. It's a lot of stress. Like you said, previously, it's a lot of emotional Mm. stress, it's financial stress. And so if we can't manage that stress and we can't prove our trustworthiness to our clients, then our business is over. And so being that it is a fully hundred percent commission-based job, if you don't have good relationships or if you don't have clients, you can't survive as a realtor. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, that makes sense. And I, I you know, the word that you used was trust and trustworthy. And yes. I mean, that speaks to any relationship. But I feel like when it comes to real estate and dealing with money and like all yes. these things, like life decisions, yes. like that you have to commit to, like it's so important. And, you know, even in the long game that you're talking about, like the long relationship game, I guess, um, my my real estate agent still like sends me gifts every year. Yeah. Like, to remind me that she's still there and that yeah. she's still like, you know, and yeah. I, and I actually really appreciate it. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, and we run into each other. So, Cause she lives in the area yeah. at like target and stuff. And I'm yeah. like shocked, like yeah. that she remembers my name. Yes. Like super shocked because I'm like, it's been years. How do you even know who I am? <laughs> like, no. you know, mm-hmm. but, um, so much respect for agents. Seriously. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to ask you some more questions about your job. But before I do, um, I really want to know, like, what brought you to being a real estate agent? Like, can you take me even like as like far back? Just sure. uh, Yeah, really far. So
1: what's interesting for many others, their careers may be in like a specific trade or specialization, Mm -hmm. which is awesome for them. But my career has actually taken me down many different paths mm-hmm. which has given me a variety of skill sets and has led me to now being a real estate agent today yeah. Yeah. um these experiences actually um uh, in diverse careers i think would say i would say can be relatable to kind of like a transitional hallway
2: okay
1: uh, i guess i like to think of like these transitional hallways as like those spaces we walk through after one door closes and we move towards the next doorway of opportunity. And uh, sometimes these transitional spaces come and go quickly Mm. and other times they feel like they're never ending, but eventually they take you on a journey to where you should be. Mm. And ultimately, I think I'm in the real estate industry today due to all of my past transitional hallways with the help of meeting key people at the right time Um, And it's really given me versatility and adaptability, Mm -hmm. kind of like a Swiss army knife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wasn't like learning to be like this, like small knife, but more of like a multi-tool. Yeah. um, That with, I guess, like learning various methods for dealing with many different situations. So it's very interesting how everything has kind of turned out to now me being a real estate agent. But I guess um, as a background for me, in all fairness, when I was young, I didn't imagine a career in real estate. My journey to being a realist, realtor is really a combination of twists and turns and all sorts um, of different ways and unusual ways of how I got to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was actually raised in Georgia by immigrant parents, and they were in the dry cleaning business. So they would drive all over Georgia, find a place like a commercial real estate and build and establish and flip dry cleaners. So Really? Yeah, that's kind of the background that I grew up in. And so my dad was like- Sorry, sorry,
0: is that normal? Like for people to do that? No, right? That's the first time I've ever heard that before. No,
1: but I think my parents were- just entrepreneurs.
0: Right. That's that's crazy to me. Yeah. So like,
1: (laughs) I think most people like think dry cleaning business as like, oh, my parents just own one, Uh but my parents were unique because they were flipping dry cleaners. So they would drive all over Georgia and then build the dry cleaning business and then would sell it. So they kind of did that when we were young. And so, and my dad was very hardworking. He had great social skills and was amazing at customer service. And then my mom's strength was surprisingly, she was great at marketing and uh, like designing the stores. And so a good portion of my childhood was me and my sister in the car, driving around to places all over Georgia, um, but also looking at potential commercial real estate. And then We had to paint the stores to get the store ready. We had to uh, do, we had to stuff envelopes like at night for marketing their stores. So a lot of that was like kind of instilled in me like at a young age to really be interested in business. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and I think for me, my my parents were always kind of that mentality. Hey, you have to pave your own way. No one, Like no one can pave your way for you. And so you have to, you have to do it. And so it was always kind of like, oh, I've, I, I've always had that like hustler mentality, kind Mm -hmm. of like, I got to go and do it, you know, because who else is going to do it for me? And so, yeah, so that was kind of like my background and my parents. And I think, you know, at a young age and having Asian parents, they aspire for all of us to be doctors and lawyers. But uh, I definitely didn't have the grades or excelled in math or <laughs> science. Um, but I really loved creative arts. And so, junior year of high school, I was introduced to art, and I really fell in love with it. I loved how art allowed me to freely express, and really taught me how creative thinking really unleashes the potential, like of the our minds to conceive new ideas. Yeah. So I met my art teacher and. Um, she, we had a plan for me to go to art school for college. And so I applied to, let's say, three schools and then ended up going to Parsons School of Design, which oh, is wow. a school in New York. And so, um, yeah, it's it's interesting because Parsons is known for fashion, for graphic design. And so most people who graduate from an art school or art college they usually uh, graduate with a bachelor in fine arts, but Parsons had a business program where it was a business, a bachelor's degree in business specializing in design and management. So it kind of combines the creativity side and the business side. And so it was really something that I was like, Oh, I could really relate to doing something like this. I wanted to get into like fashion business and Uh uh all that kind of stuff. So, I decided to go the design and management route, which was nice because they really taught us in school um, how to be the middlemen between creatives and business people. Mm -hmm. Because creatives are like, you don't know anything about design. Business people are like, you don't know anything about business. But we go in as the middlemen and we're like, well, we have training in both and we can kind of meet in the middle and help both sides. So both the creative and the design side. So cool. Yeah, so um, I graduated from Parsons with a business degree, and then for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to go the whole fashion business route, and then even had a job lined up at a um, luxury menswear company called Ermenegildo Zegna. Yeah, it's like they wear, they make really nice suits, Ooh. and so I was going to have that. I was going to take that marketing job, but then. A couple of my friends had gone to YWAM, it's like this short term missions program and they like, I mean, dramatically changed. Um, but I was just like very curious cause I was like, I'm gonna be working the rest of my life. You know, the only time for me to actually try something like this is now like mm-hmm. right in between college and starting a new job. So I applied to youth with a mission and I ended up doing my um, short-term missions program out in Perth, Australia.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, and that's where I really gained my faith and established my relationship with God beyond the walls of church. Mm. And after I came back, I started working for some fashion boutiques, doing sales, managing them. And then a friend of mine was saying that there was a L.A. fashion company that was in town that were needing some help. And so I applied. It was like a temporary gig. And they're like, hey, we're here a couple of times during the year when you're when we're here. Do you mind working for us? And I was like, actually, you know, I'm thinking about going to L.A., you know, just because the fashion industry is very strong in the LA community. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, well, if you're planning on coming to LA, you know, why don't you interview with us? So I was like, okay. So I interviewed and then um, I got hired as a sales manager. Um, they are a fashion manufacturing company. And so I got hired out um, in LA for a sales manager. I didn't know anybody really. I probably had like five people that oh I knew. Goodness. So I packed my bags and just took a booked a one way ticket. I didn't even know where I was gonna live, but um, just the right people has always kind of helped me out. And so, um,
0: yeah. And so I, the the planner in me is like freaking out. Like you're saying, you just left and with no plan. So the only thing I had with going was I had
1: a job. I had right. paycheck coming I in. I guess that's I enough. Just, <laughs> but I didn't have a place to live. So I was oh my gosh, pretty much like jumping every week. But it's like, for me, there was something inside where I was like, I know I can do this. And everything's yeah. going to work out. And surprisingly, I am a planner like you. But uh-huh. there was something within within me that I was like, I've got to do this. And I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be taken care of. Um and so I was in the fashion uh, manufacturing as a sales manager. And then eventually I became the director of sales in this company. And we pretty much handled all of our U.S. accounts. So what's interesting is me being the director of sales, not only did I have to work with our creative team, but we also had to work with our exec- executives oh, to make yeah. sure everything's growing we have a business and so with some of our designers we had to tell them hey can you tweak this so we could sell this better mm-hmm. and then to our executives I had to help them understand certain things that these designers are trying to push even oh, yeah. though they couldn't understand it so yeah uh, kind of came full circle which is great I really enjoyed it and um was able to work with a lot of business owners mm-hmm. and so it was great cuz they would tell me especially like in the south they would tell me my southern co- customers would be like Sylvia during like august to october we do this thing called game day and can you make some dresses that are specific colors to um game day yeah. and so you know, people out in LA are like, mm, really? But it's oh, no. huge in the South, the football yeah, culture. And so, Money maker. <laughs> yes. And so we had to come up with certain colors. Like, for example, Georgia had to be red and black. Right. You know, Auburn had to be blue and orange, but had to be specific colors. Right. And I had to tell the designers, hey, I need this dress, you know, in these two colorways only. And, I guarantee we will sell out, but we can only sell it at a specific time frame Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's the only season that these people want these colored dresses. Yeah. And so we it was nice because I was not only able to work hand in hand with the creative design team, but also our execs were like, what are you doing? You know, why are you creating these custom dresses? for the South for a specific time frame. It's not even for a season. Right. And I just had to tell them and had to educate them. Well, in the South, you know, they the college football is a very big thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them like to wear their school colors. Mm -hmm. And if we can come up with dresses or if we can come up with, you know, tops. But dresses was easy because it's just a one one piece outfit. Yeah. And so
0: that they is to, brilliant. Oh
1: my gosh. They had to learn. They didn't they couldn't understand why the south was buying these specific colored dresses at a specific month
2: uh-huh. and
1: it's not a complete season. And right. so um and so it was a hit. So we were one of the first brands to introduce game day apparel to a lot of these boutiques so these boutiques could you know start selling game day
0: dresses specifically only to August in October. Kind. That is amazing. Like so, yeah. I'm like so shocked right now because uh, really? <laughs> what? Uh, no, because like if it makes so much sense. Yeah, if you don't know the culture here, yeah. you wouldn't know that that's even a thing. But right. if you were able to like like you did, you know, implement this, like so much money. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, but yeah, But also it's because I had that relationship with right. our customers. They were telling me what they needed. And I was like, if you tell me what you need, I can try to help you. And so it was a combination of creating fashion pieces, but also a business as well. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, but I was kind of like capped out I was at a point where I was like do I just keep jumping other companies and make the same salary or do I just create my own and actually make more yeah and then I was just kind of thinking I was like I don't know if I really want to create my own company or keep jumping around but then I had heard that medical sales make great money. Uh-huh. So I was like, I want to try medical sales. Oh, my and goodness! So, <laughs> so I went from fashion industry. And then I, I linked up with some people who were in the medical sales industry. And I was just curious because uh-huh. I, I don't have any medical background. I don't have any of that. And so um, I was just told that medical sales is great. And so uh-huh. it's a very lucrative industry. So I was like, okay, let me try it. Uh-huh. And then I got into a uh, medical device company that sold orthotics and prosthetics, so artificial limbs and um, like braces, back braces and all that. So I went from being in the fashion industry, working with business owners to now working with patients who have gone through a crazy surgery, an amputation, Mm -hmm. and also dealing with surgeons mm-hmm. and so I think I was like crying every week because I couldn't mm-hmm. understand like all this lingo that they were throwing on me they were throwing on me medical lingo they were th- throwing just all these things that were so new to me but I mm-hmm. couldn't act like I'm new to this industry I mm-hmm. had to own it I had to I was calling um, doctor friends I was calling my sister I was like what does this terminology mean? <laughs> Um, And then they would have like little shortcuts, you know, they would say like, if it was like uh, a below knee amputation, they Uh would say it's a BK, which is below knee. I had no idea. And so um, like all these just like, you know, terminologies, these shortened words that they use medically, I was, it was hard, but it was so rewarding because it really helped me grow thick skin. And I mean, I was dealing with Patients who, you know, they're just, they're hurting. They're hurting and um, learning to have a heart for them, but also
0: learning to work with doctors. Right. Um, right. And so that so, was very um, interesting. Sorry. So, uh, as someone that works in like medical sales, does that mean you're just the middleman between the patient and the doctor? Or yes. how does that work?
1: So, oftentimes, uh, a doctor will prescribe, you know, whether it's medication or back braces or whatever it is, they'll prescribe it. Okay. And so we being the medical supplier, we would supply that to the patient. Okay. okay. So um, it's really uh, building relationships with doctors so that mm-hmm. they can prescribe you, hey, like if you're going to get a back brace, use this company. I see. Um, I see. It's kind of like a gotcha, referral. Gotcha, gotcha. And so Yeah, so I did that for about a year and a half. And then um, we had some personal situations come up where um, I had to move back to Atlanta. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so I thought, well, if I move to Atlanta, I can easily do medical sales anywhere Mm -hmm. because it's not like it's fashion where Mm -hmm. it's a select um, city that specializes in it. And so I figured with medical sales, you know, I can do that anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I moved back to Atlanta. And then I was interviewing and, you know, applying for medical companies, and I wasn't getting anything. And I was like, this is so weird. You know, it's like, I'm not It's weird that I'm not getting anything like, not that I don't have experience, you know, I, I mean, granted, it was in a different state. So some of these other companies like for you to be for you to have referrals, for you to have contacts of other doctors, Um, but because I don't know if it was because I was in a different state, I don't know, but I wasn't getting anything, so um, someone told me that Louis Vuitton was hiring, so I was like, Louis Vuitton, and so, you know, coming from a fashion school, Louis Vuitton is like a luxury brand. And I was like, I've never sold luxury brand products, but I was yeah. like, why not? <laughs>
0: yeah. so, oh my gosh, you're so funny. <laughs> I know. So that's In the best saying. way possible, by the way. So, it's but a, a compliment. I was
1: it's not the most conventional way at <laughs> all of where I'm at today.
0: I love it though. I love it.
1: Um, so I got a job at Louis Vuitton uh, at, at Lenox Mall. Uh-huh. And I was selling luxury handbags. And I actually had fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I actually ended up, I kind of knew this was just like a temporary thing mm-hmm. until I was able to find my next medical sales job. Yeah, but then yeah. I had actually ru- run into one of my old managers that I had worked with at, at a fashion boutique that in Atlanta before oh. I left. And she was like, we worked really well together. And she was shopping at Louis Vuitton. And she was like, hey, she's like, we met up with for some coffee. And she's like, Hey, how do you like working at Louis Vuitton? And I was like, I like it, but it's temporary. Yeah. And then she was like, well, you know, I'm in real estate. And I have been doing it for eight years. And she was like, I really love it. I enjoy it. And she was like, what if if you're interested, I'll train you and you can learn real estate. And so I was like, okay, you know, like, I, I mean, I went from fashion to medical devices and luxury goods. And I was like, I could do homes, you know, I could yeah. do homes. <laughs> and so, yeah, so she trained me and, um, I'm thankful that she was able to train me and I'm still part of her team now. So it's a team of three. Oh, wow. And now well, we what does do. that mean? A team? So, most real estate agents, a lot of them are individually on their own, okay. or some of them are on the team. So okay. like me, I'm on a team. So we um, we do, we, we kind of split three ways. Okay, so like okay. everything in terms of staging, or we don't really split clients, uh-huh. but we kind of all work like as a team. So if I'm meeting a new client, I oftentimes bring... Two of my other partners. Okay. Okay. So the I mean
0: basically it's just like you guys are working together, I guess. To
1: Yes. So we work together and what's great is for us is we get more volume together because it's three, Uh whereas just one real estate agent, it's a lot harder to do everything. Um, whereas for us, we can do a lot more because we have more hands too. So we can help fill in, uh do showings do open houses together instead of one person doing everything all on their own. Oh, such so, hard work. I can feel yeah. like. Yeah.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of what led me to real estate. And I love it because literally from all of my, even though all of my sales experiences were very different, mm-hmm. it really taught me how to work with all kinds of people. Right. And real estate, we work with all kinds of people. And so, um, it really, I think the medical sales or even my company in the fashion industry, it was really about for me, it's always been like, how could I help them? Whether it's Mm. a business owner or it was a patient who's needing a prosthetic or a doctor who's needing a service Mm. or, um, a luxury bag, you know, or, Um, even now, to home, it, it was it was really like for me. Even though I was in sales, it was never about selling. It was always about helping, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting that everything kind of came full in circle, and now I'm that Swiss Army knife.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, I completely agree. I'm listening to every part of your story, and I'm like, um, truly. I mean, I know the feeling as well, this feeling of like your life being set up for where you are today. And yeah. it just sounds like that. But more than that, Sylvia, like I'm noticing like the biggest, because I was going to ask you, oh, like as a real estate agent, what do you feel like, you know, the like some of the qual? what makes a good real estate agent? Yeah. But honestly, like as you're talking, I feel like the big piece that you've mentioned a couple times is like being relational with people. Yes. You have to be. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I mean, I will say, you might, like, hate this. I don't know. But, like, for me, even when I met you for the first time, the reason we got along is because um, the way you talk to people in, in particular, I feel like it's so, like, genuine and, like, very, like, you, you really... Yeah, like you said, you want to somehow serve and help the person that you're talking to, yeah. and you can feel it right away. It's like so oh, honest. Thank you. Yeah, of course, and like that's why I think that's why we we got along because I how can I not get along with somebody that wants <laughs> to like generally know who I am and right. like wants to see how they can help me, and so it just sounds like throughout everything. If even like your very first like not your very first job, but the job in l a too that you yes. went to and became director of sales like I'm assuming that doesn't happen just like that you know you have to work hard yes. and also. It's relational like you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. um, so it makes complete sense all of it. I'm like, yeah, that's Sylvia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: you know, someone told me that great salespeople are relationship builders who provide value and help their customers mm-hmm. win. When my customers win or I feel like we they win or they're like so happy, it makes me so happy like I'm so excited and I'm like, just to help them be part of that process of winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it really excites me. And I think that's what continues to draw me, draws me to this, the wholesale sector. Mm. And so I, I just enjoy seeing
0: people win. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. I love that. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, again, Do you have anything to add to that? Like, so I asked, you know, what do you think makes a good real estate agent? You know, like if someone is sitting here, not maybe they're in the same situation as you like, kind of like in between jobs. Yeah. And I, okay, I will say, I do feel like a lot of people my age do in some ways. Okay. I don't, this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it this way like, kind of resort to being a real estate agent? Yeah. that makes sense? Yes. Like, I feel like these days, it, it I've seen that kind of trend. Yes. Like, um, everyone's a real estate agent. Yeah, like, someone, <laughs> some people make it and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, could you just be blunt for a few minutes about, yeah. like, yeah, what, what's going to put you above the rest? You know, what makes a good real estate agent? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think you need to absolutely be relational, but you need to be a strong negotiator.
2: Mm. You need
1: to also have very good communication skills too. Mm. And also you need to learn stress management because it's very easy to be stressed out. And if you as an agent can't manage the stress and you Mm. show it, then your clients get stressed out and it gets very emotional. So there's just a lot of social skills too Mm -hmm. that you really need, but also you need to be an entrepreneur because we wear so many hats. We have to do marketing. We have to just, because we are like, we're not paid a salary or anything like that. We earn through fully commission based. So if you don't market yourself, if you don't have, sales tech, like background, if you don't even have, um, tenacity, if you don't have versatility, uh, and adaptability, it's very, very difficult because not every day is the same for us. Not every client is the same. And so, you know, you really have to be open-minded, but also, I think also not being, trapped by fear and more so saying, you know what, I can do this. You know, if Mm -hmm. other people can do it, how can you do it differently? And it's having that courage to, to just do it, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And so I think, yeah, for me, I'm not a quitter and I think I like, I like, I like seeing other people win. I like seeing, Even how hot the real estate market is in Atlanta, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, just to have that grit and understanding that this is a big purchase. It's a very stressful time for a lot of people. A lot more people say it's a very stressful time than an enjoyable time. Mm -hmm. And I think if I can help to alleviate the stress and make it a little bit
0: better, Mm -hmm. I think I can be in this for the long run. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I mean, all those things that you said, I think is like super great advice for those that want to be agents, but also just life advice. Yes, yes. Because me too, I'm like, man, yeah, I think what you that piece that you mentioned about just like eliminating that fear. Mm -hmm. um, I repeat it over and over again in this podcast, but like that's my hope you know, in providing people stories of other people's lives to maybe eliminate the fear a little bit of the unknown. And Mm -hmm. what you said just now makes a lot of sense, even for myself. I'm like, yes, like, I I don't like change. And also, Mm -hmm. I'm like, very afraid of messing up Mm -hmm. and like doing it wrong, or like, learning new things and not being good at it. But I think what you just said, you know, being open minded, Mm -hmm. just making a decision and going for it um, is sometimes is is all you need really you know Mm -hmm. Mm um man that's so good i okay sorry last thing i usually ask people for advice when we come to a close and i'll ask you that but i did want to ask you um like about the last year and a half on the market like not not technically but just like emotionally even for a real estate agent like how has that been because even me watching it you know like just my friends selling their homes and then them trying to find a home and then there are no homes like how has that been for you like you you mentioned stress management too like what do you do and like how do you handle all this yeah
1: so I got into real estate Uh, at the end of 2018, Uh, right before (laughs) the pandemic. Um, And the pandemic surprisingly blew up the real estate uh, Mm. market in Atlanta. Our interest rates were an all-time low. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people were able to get more house for their dollar.
2: Mm. And
1: uh, recently, so we went through a period where there was an inventory shortage. Everybody Mm -hmm. was wanting to buy and buy and buy. And um, if you were a seller, if you listed your home, your home would sell instantly if it Mm -hmm. was priced right. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And um, it became a seller's market. So Mm -hmm. buyers were kind of at a disadvantage where they couldn't really negotiate much. They had to Pretty much give what a seller wanted and to be competitive with multiple offers you really had to kind of let go of any kind of upper hand or negotiation Mm -hmm. as a buyer so it was tough because buyers um, were faced with in a market of low inventory but also a hot market where everybody's buying Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, so they were uh, oftentimes you know outbid by multiple people we had homes list 100,000 more 150,000 oh more than the list price um so it was very very interesting and i think in the beginning times it wasn't like this and right, then right. It, it became crazy and then now the market is opening up a little bit and mm-hmm. then interest rates have gone up too yes. so for us, even though we're not lenders, we work closely with many resources, whether sure. it is a lender, just to make sure the finances are all in check, uh, just to make sure inspection, like we work with so many different people. And if one thing doesn't go well, you're not going to close on a home.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so uh, because you have multiple moving pieces, if you aren't on top of it, it can easily go very wrong. Mm-hmm. And a transaction can go very wrong. So uh, it, it's been crazy, and now it's kind of like okay. There's another change happening where now more inventory are starting to open up, but yeah. there's price adjustments, mm-hmm. um, lower price pricing that have maybe been listed too high mm-hmm. or too competitive. Uh, those you see that are coming down, and then also interest rates too. So. Uh, it's a very unstable market. And I think having a career in an unstable market, you never know how long it's going to be good for, you don't know how long it's going to be bad for. But I think the good thing is, is it's not a housing bubble. I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. were like afraid, oh my gosh, are we going to hit another housing bubble like we did in 2008? Um, But it's not like that. And, you know, what's interesting about Georgia is, Surprisingly, with the pandemic and the permanent work from home positions being more um, established, Uh a lot more people are actually moving to Georgia. And so a lot of people from the West Coast, California, Seattle, a lot of people from the North, uh, New York, a lot of them are moving to Georgia because the cost of living how much house you can get here? It's right, right. Um, still a lot more affordable than some of these places outside of Georgia. Yes, yes, And so we've had an influx of newcomers, out-of-staters to Georgia. And that's also what's driving up the demand of these homes. And mm-hmm. so not only has home pricing overall have gone up, but also it's kind of, this is kind of what where we should have been before the pandemic. Mm, it's just mm. the pandemic just kind of heightened everything. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's been very challenging, but you know that's that's what realtors do. Is yeah. we roll with the punches, <laughs> and you know we. It takes a lot of wine. <laughs> oh man. But and that it just, tough skin, it's more man. so just staying composed. It's staying composed. It's being aware of the market, mm-hmm. having a market knowledge, and reassuring, you know, clients that we've got you. You know, yeah. we're gonna take care of you guys. Yeah. As unstable as things might be, as crazy as it might be, if we as the realtors or real estate agents can't be composed, then it would just be crazier. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's intense, but that's the joy of this industry. It's it's, it's not a solid steady thing, but
0: you roll with it. You just keep going. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that kind of career. I don't know if I could handle it, but I know there would be a lot of people that would probably love it as much as it sounds like you do. Um, Sylvia what do you like like the most about being a real estate agent? I love I love because every
1: home is different. I love finding the right home for somebody. Mm. The emotions, the expressions mm. after looking for multiple homes after putting offers in And then they're like, this is my home. Mm -hmm. Just to be able to provide a home for somebody, uh, I love it. I love that experience. Um, And I think for us, it keeps us to be creative in our ways to, you know, what can we do better for our buyer or seller to have a successful transaction? And yeah, I just love the whole experience. As chaotic it can be, I do love just the feeling of someone calling home
2: yeah. their home.
1: And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's oftentimes it's like adult, like my sister's a midwife. It's like, she often gets to deliver babies, you know? So it's like a happy ending. Whereas even for us, it's like ultimately they get a home. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I
0: really love. About yeah. Them. It's a yeah. different kind of baby.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Okay, what do you like the least? What do I like the least?
1: Um, You have to be on your A game all the time. Oh, that's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it does. You have to wear multiple hats all the time. Mm. And so, and I think a lot of the times we work when other people are not working. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't get the nine to five hours you work more than 40 hours mm-hmm. and so for us it's kind of that and then also um, the stress management yeah. you know of other people um, you just really have to have thick skin and you can't just wear your emotions on your sleeve right, and so right. maintaining a professional you know composure but also wearing all these hats um, to juggle everything
0: oh man. Uh, no. no, I mean, now that you say that, like, I'm thinking back to like, uh, when we first put in an offer at, on this house. And even like, if we were going back and forth on the phone, even I think at like 10pm. Yeah, like, so even you saying that, like, yeah, you're working through the yeah. night. Yeah. Probably stressing yeah. about in the morning, am I going to yes. be able to, you know, make this offer through? Yes. And then, yeah, and then I, like, I cried at my closing because something went wrong. Oh, no, yeah, and I, we almost lost the house, but then yeah. I think me crying, yeah, the owner felt empathetic. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and he like they like were like, okay, like let's wait till tomorrow. Something happened with our, yes. like, uh, I forget, something didn't go through, but yeah, anyways. It was just like, I was so, like so many emotions, like yeah. just, and I'm, and I remember my agent just being like, it's going to work out. It's going to get, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of things are on the line, like you said, yeah. and then they're like my counselor and also, yeah. like my, like- <laughs> okay. so we do work a therapist hat. We often, I mean, people
1: fight because you know, a couple yeah. might have a different taste in homes. Oh, um, man. And so it it is I think that would be the challenge is the stress management yeah. and just
0: composure. Oh wow.
1: Gosh. <laughs> but it's still so fun. Like I know, so I know.
0: Fun. I'm I know. I'm sure it is so much fun. And yeah. I feel like even just the that would be enough for me, you know, yeah. like what you said, like if they found the right home, because yeah. truly as somebody like just a, a person that has their own family too, mm-hmm. like it's, it becomes more than just like walls, you know, yeah. and you start imagining a life in the home yeah. that you find. So I get what you're saying. I completely yeah. get it.
1: And the greatest compliment for me is when a client after closing, after a couple months and like. Oh, yeah, I love this home. I love this home. I'm like, yeah. yay! Or, you yeah. know, we even help with investment properties too. So even if it is investment properties or resale properties or even new construction properties, mm-hmm. we do all of that. Mm-hmm. And so we help buy and sell all of those kinds of properties. And, you know, whether it's an investment, whether it's a new construction home, whether it's a resale home, we do yeah. anything that pertains to a purchase of a home. Yeah. So. And I like it because every home is different. And even if two exact homes were built exactly the same, the inside decor, how people live is so different. Like you never get the exact same home. And there's just so much creativity that you can do with Mm -hmm. this being a realtor. And you have to, you have to be creative, but you also have to be business savvy and you have to, be willing to win for your clients because if not then this isn't the industry
0: (laughs) that's so crazy the creative side of it I never thought about it like that but Mm -hmm. I guess and I feel like wow like truly how your life has been set up up until now like the creative side of of your of you and your personality has I'm sure really contributed to how you do your job now yeah. too. That's so and cool. And the
1: creative process—it really entails. Like some people can't even see past, you know, what that decor looks like, or they're like, "Oh, I don't like this wall." You could take it down. Some people can't see that, you know. Yeah. So
0: just to be able—that's me. Paint. I I don't see it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for some people, if you can just help picture, you know, just what the house, how this house can be a home for them, mm-hmm. it really helps them and it helps mm-hmm. them envision like, Oh yeah, I can see this being my home rather than just a house. Okay. And so I think that's where the creativity process comes in. Even when we sell homes, we stage homes. So we make sure that the home isn't just a complete blank slate so that mm-hmm. people can relate. And so, yeah, just, there's so many creative processes in uh being a real estate agent so Mm. it just helps me really bring both sides
0: yeah yeah that's amazing um well I feel like you've given a lot of great pieces of advice but is there anything that maybe you can think of that you didn't already say that you could give advice to somebody that is considering going into real estate yeah yeah
1: so to be honest I'm very thankful that I was able to start my real estate career in a team. Mm -hmm. I think if you were to just be a real estate agent on your own, it's very hard because there's just so much to learn and to have that support, to have that mentorship, to have additional knowledge and eyes is really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And um, it makes it, last longer and mm-hmm. so um, I would advise to if you were interested in real estate or to be a realtor then to start off on a team learn and um, learn what it means to be a good agent and a bad agent and uh, ways to continue to grow because I feel like if you do it on your own in the beginning it can be very challenging mm-hmm. and uh, almost debilitating because there's just so much uh to know and and learn so I would I would really say to join a team
0: mm, that's really good to know I um have never thought about it but it's good to know that <laughs> <laughs> no because yes. you know David um like he's considered it too yeah um, he's, a, he's an engineer but like oh, he yeah. really, it enjoys that and then but then he's not really good at the like extroverted stuff like uh-huh. that you would have to do so he's like you know like when the kids are old enough you know maybe we should consider and I'm like no I can't do it, I can't do it. but then like <laughs> um, that kind of information like yeah. being on a team like uh, it's less daunting is what yes, it is it really is it's less daunting yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for your time. I feel like I could chat with you about this for another couple hours, but yeah, I'm not going to so do that. With you. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> but um, uh, I always put people on the spot and I ask them, are okay. you okay with maybe somebody um, reaching out if they have more questions about oh, those absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They can reach out if they have any questions or if they want any
0: market analysis. Let me know anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sylvia. So you guys, if you um have more questions for Sylvia or even questions about this episode, feel free to reach out to me through DM or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Bye Sylvia. Bye guys. Bye.